Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. I'm your host, Paula Jenkins. I invite you to join me as we explore how inspiring people have chosen joy in their lives and what they have to share with us about how to jumpstart joy in the world. Plus, how do we follow our own hearts, find work that lights us up while mindfully noticing the role joy plays in our own journey. Hello and welcome to episode 117. This is Paula Jenkins, the host of Jumpstart Your Joy. This week on the show, I'm talking about the phenomenon of the bucket list, where it started and how to make an amazing and meaningful list based on what you want to do with your life. Also, what to do if you've tried a bucket list and it either didn't work, didn't stick, or you just felt like it was a huge list of things hanging over your head, but that never really got done. One of my main concerns when I started working on this episode was the way that the bucket list trend has changed over what I understood the original intent to be for these lists. And I feel like it's been teetering into this odd territory of adding overwhelm to our lives, possibly playing on our fears of missing out on things, and that in doing so, it's deteriorated the meaning of it as the things on our list don't feel personal, impactful, or purpose-driven. So we'll look at a bunch of ways on how to change that for you. Plus, at the end of this episode, I share my favorite way to bring a few of your bucket list items to life and make a plan to bring more of them into your life in the future. A few notes before we get started this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so glad you are here. Jumpstart Your Joy is a show that looks at people choosing joy even when it's the hardest choice they will ever make. If you're new to the show, there's a ton more info on the website, which you can find at jumpstartyourjoy.com, including all of the 116 past episodes and a free course to help you find more joy in your life. Be sure to sign up for that course, and then you'll be on my email list and be alerted to the fun Facebook Live events I'm doing. One thing I am super excited to share about with you guys is a new sponsor for the show. The amazing people at Studio of Sweden reached out to me and asked if I might like to try their headphones. You guys, I've been using the gorgeous Regent model for the last month, and not only is the sound awesome, but these headphones are beautiful, and they are wireless, and they just feel so good on my head. I love them, and I am honored to share a 15% off code with you all. It's Jumpstart. If you want to give them a try, you can go over to their website at studiosweden.com, and that's S-U-D-I-O Sweden.com, and check out their different models, and be sure to use Jumpstart when you purchase. I also wanted to give a huge shout out to one of the listeners, Jen, who emailed me, and I love getting emails from you guys. You can drop me a note at jumpstartyourjoy.com at gmail.com. And let me just read this aha moment she had about following her dreams and leaning in to do something that felt extremely joyful to her. She said, first, I had to be vulnerable. Opening up like that to face possible critics and non-understanding family members, that was pure courage. But that courage led to pure joy, pure fulfillment. It was everything I could have hoped for and so much more. It's a beautiful thing to put it all together like that. I always, always want us to have the courage to talk about what that joy might be. I want to keep finding the courage to be vulnerable because there's nothing that beats that feeling of joy. So thank you so much, Jen. I love to hear from you guys. I hope more of you will write in and tell me what some of these episodes have meant to you. 
Ah, the bucket list. (laughs) The idea for the bucket list came up over a decade ago. And it's, as you guys probably know, it's meant to be an inspiring and lofty list of things that someone would like to do over the course of their life. When I originally started working on this episode, it was really, I'm going to admit, all about why I didn't like bucket lists and what I felt they lacked. The thing is, the more research I did on them, the more I realized that I think they really are a great tool in theory, but that many people approach them in a way that makes a true bucket list less effective. I mean, I really actually came to understand and appreciate the idea of what some people have started calling a life list or the list of meaningful things that you really want to do with your life. So today I'm going to share what I where I think the bucket list trend is falling short currently and what I feel is a better approach to making these dreams that you have come true in your own life. First, in case you don't know what a bucket list is, let's lay this out. 12 years ago, a movie called The Bucket List came out and it was written by Justin Zackham. The movie stars Morgan Freeman and Jack Nicholson and in the movie, both men play characters who have been diagnosed with terminal lung cancer. They are sharing a room in the hospital And Morgan Freeman's character, his name is Carter, writes out a list of things that he wants to do before he kicks the bucket. And that's where the original term for this, for the bucket list came from. It's the things you want to do before you kick the bucket. (laughs) Upon finding out that he has less than a year to live, Carter starts to just crinkle up and discard his bucket list. It's only like three or four things. He's frustrated that day that he's found out that he really only has probably a few months He thinks that he doesn't have enough time to finish this list. But Nicholson's character, named Edward, insists that Carter try. There are a couple of really sweet twists to this plot, which I don't want to ruin if you want to watch the film. But this kind of gives you a good sense of where the term originates from. I did watch the film in preparation for this episode, so I could kind of see where bucket lists get their start. And I have to say it really is a sweet film. And the focus is on friendship and navigating through the last months or years of someone's life. So as this as our basis, it really is a a lovely supporting story of friendship and dreams. And I can see why having a bucket list is completely appealing. It's nice to have a running list of things that enchant you and that you want to do during your life. And when it's a personalized list, like the one that Carter started making, those very few things that he wanted to include before he was gone, it can be a touchstone for the things you want to make sure you do and the dreams that you want to realize and the plans that you want to make sure you make before you're gone. So what's my beef with the bucket list? (laughs) Somewhere in the midst of the bucket list becoming trendy, it took on a life of its own that makes it hard for it to live up to what it was probably originally intended to do. You know, I think we can all see that there's a lot of pins on Pinterest, start your bucket list, finalize your bucket list, or there's a lot of people that just kind of throw around the term. And so in it becoming a ubiquitous thing, meaning it's all over the place, and one that so many people have, and that so many people just keep adding to and adding to, I kind of get the sense that the bucket list has lost what its most inspiring qualities are. Instead of it being the guiding list of what's super important to you, the sacred things that you want to do before you die and that would bring you the most joy, it's become a list of things that sound like fun and are probably more inspired in some cases by a blog post. This is for reals. I did find it. 10,000 things to add to your bucket list. So let's be honest. What I don't like about the bucket list is that they have become a long, impersonal running list that possibly hangs over your head of the things you haven't done, you might not do, and that were put there kind of without a filter based on something maybe you saw on Instagram or you visited this blog post with 10,000 ideas. 
And once they're on the list, you know, is it kind of hanging out there over your head and you feel like you want to do them, but you don't have the time. So if it's true, if your bucket list is out there hanging over your head, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take back the power of what this list means. So here comes the reality check. Whether you or I call this a bucket list or a life list, which is another name I've heard for it, we likely all do have a list of things that inspire us and that we want to try and do in a lifetime. I mean, it's inevitable. I mean, I don't call mine a bucket list, but of course there is kind of a running list of things I want to try and do. I think the heart and the point of this kind of list is that is that it needs to be intentional, it needs to reflect who you are, and it needs to resonate with your soul. And ideally, <laughs> it should bring you joy. <laughs> so let's dig in and talk about how you and I can make the most of this kind of a list in our lives. One, set your intention. What is the point of this list? I think that the main way to start to combat the problem of a bucket list not being something that is meaningful to you is to be clear on your intentions about it. If it really is a list that represents the major things you want to do with your life, get clear about your intentions. If you feel this list careening into the territory of being filled with a bunch of things, random things that aren't specifically meaningful to you, then get rid of those things. This is very similar to one of the questions I ask in podcasting bootcamp as well. And that is, why do you want to do this? In our case today, why do you want to start this bucket list? If you're starting a podcast, why do you want to start the podcast? What is your motivation for a bucket list? And I want you to really sit with that question. It's like any resolution, if that's something you do each year. Is this thing in support of who you want to be and what you want to aim to do with your life? Is it answering the question that seems to hit each of us right at the core and that Mary Oliver so lovingly penned as, what is it that you want to do with your one wild and precious life? If this thing does answer that in some way, if, if putting this thing on your list, um, and I don't know what that would be for you, visiting Israel with my family is one for me. So does that match with what is it that I want to do with my one wild and precious life? Yes, in many ways it does, because in that example, it would be something that I want to share. It was a meaningful experience for me to be there once on my own. And I would really love to share the architecture and the history and the spirituality of the place with my husband and with my son. It matches. So if so, it could go on my bucket list. If it's a match for you, start the bucket list, put that thing on there. It's a great gut check for anything you want to put on. The next thing that I like to ask in podcasting boot camp, and it applies here as well, is, is this something that you intend to be consistent with? Is it a list that you're making as a fun exercise for an afternoon? And then that you're going to put aside, which is fine. It's a beautiful thing to kind of have that brainstorm and dump of like, oh my gosh, what are all the fun things I could do with my life? I think if that's an outlet and it's bringing you joy, that is lovely. It may not be the same thing as your bucket list though. For it to be a bucket list, let's bump it up against this question. Can you commit to revisiting this list each year or each month or each quarter and checking in to see if the thing still resonates? And can you commit to taking steps towards making these things that you are declaring? It's a pretty big declaration. These are the things I want to do with my life. Are these things that you can make a commitment around actually doing and making steps towards doing 
over the next duration of your time here on this planet. If you are in the space of truly digging in and looking for your purpose and the things that will get you to that purpose, it's time to set an intention for what you want to do with this list. So that is the first thing. Next, mindfulness. What makes the list? If you already have a bucket list, but you have ignored it or you aren't inspired by it and want to keep on it, get it out. (laughs) Get your list out as soon as you can. Right now, if you can, if you're driving or sitting at work, get it out later when you get home tonight. Get that list out, look it over. And really checking in with yourself, what rings true for you on this list? And this is where I want you to be really almost too honest with yourself. What got put on this list because it seemed cool or someone you admire mentioned it once or maybe you did visit the 10,000 things to add to your bucket list list? What on there doesn't necessarily feels like it comes from you? What on there, and this is the hard moment, folks, was put on there because it felt like somebody else's dream or seemed cool or was a passing fad. Get that stuff off your list. (laughs) The reason I'm asking this question of how have you been adding the items that are on your bucket list is because if this list is going to be something that continues to be meaningful to you, it needs to have things on it that are mindfully curated. If you're going to, let's just break this down. If you're going to spend the time and the money and the effort and the the essence of your wild and precious life pursuing these things, it's important that everything on the list be special and important to you in some way. And this might mean in the case of Carter in the movie, The Bucket List, that your list isn't long. It could be kind of short. And it might also mean that there's quite a few things on there that might take a long time to complete. Because like life, your your life list or your bucket list is a work in progress. This list and its completion is going to be a marathon, not a sprint. It isn't about quick wins or immediate gratification. It's more about asking the question of what defines you and what do you do very mindfully and want to be known for? And I think a little side note there is there might also be some things on this list that aren't these big, lofty, heavy things. I mean, you could very honestly put some some very small things on your list. I don't know why, but I think owning a funny pair of sunglasses. I mean, sometimes that's a big deal. (laughs) And if you know, if you really knew me, I love funny sunglasses. So that's like, I think balancing those things out, but there's got to be a resonance with you if you're spending your time, your money, and your precious life on following these things. On the flip of that, one of the things I'm not really a big fan of is the urge to compile as many cool things as you can and add them to the ever running list. So back to that crazy blog post about 10,000 things to add to your bucket list. I'm not really sure that that kind of a thing is helpful, nor do I really understand the thinking behind adding thousands of things to your list that seem kind of mildly interesting. Let's follow this to a conclusion as we look at how to layer mindfulness onto a life list or bucket list. Let's say you visited one of those big posts and looked it over. And so I've I've been to the 10,000 things to add to your bucket list post clearly. One of the things that I've seen on several of these jumbo lists and that fascinates me is spending a night in an underwater hotel. I don't know why. That was just one that I was like, hey, if I was just going to pick something to put on a list, that might be one of them. 
So I think there are a few of these hotels in the world, and I've seen images from one of them in Dubai. If I'm being honest, I'm also super intrigued by those man-made palm-shaped islands that were that are in Dubai. So I, I will link to both the underwater hotel and these palm islands <laughs> in the show notes. Slipstartyourjoy.com slash episode 117. But so the underwater suite, I looked it up and if I really, if I wanted to stay there overnight, it would be almost $5,900 a night in US dollars. It's called the Neptune Suite and I'm going to admit it kind of looks like it might just have a really big aquarium instead of a window. So I don't know that it's really underwater, but just makes you feel like you're underwater. So I'm going to admit even just in researching that it might feel a little disappointing with that kind of a price tag. But being armed with that info, doing a tiny bit of research, I think I can pretty much cross this hotel off my list, as the experience doesn't feel like something that would really be fulfilling to me. If I kept it on the list, I think it would only be there, and this is me being totally honest as I'm asking you guys to do, but like it would only be on the list as a novelty item or a what-if item, or maybe it'd be the kind of thing that I'd feel like had some kind of high roller appeal which it does, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we all like luxe events and like kind of cool high-end events to attend. VIP is always awesome. But I'm going to say that this specific hotel and the Neptune suite, it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that I, if I hold it up to the mirror of, does this make my soul feel complete? No. Staying in a hotel with an underwater or aquarium window. No, that I don't think that that completes me. It, it is a novelty fun idea. So that's the gauge I want you guys to think of. Either in creating your own bucket list or at looking at the things on your list right now. Is this thing going to be truly interesting and fulfilling? And does it resonate deeply with who I am? Before we get to the second half of the show and talking about balancing the potential overwhelm that can come with bucket lists... I want to take a little break and share a bit more about my brand new Studio of Sweden Regent headphones that I've been using. So let me give you guys a little bit of the background on this. In early December, I was, you know, looking around and making a Christmas list to share with my family. And one of the things that I was looking for were some wireless headphones to use while I edit the show. But kind of functionality-wise, I also wanted something that was a bit more substantial than the earbuds I've been using. And if I had my wish, it would have been that they'd be kind of beautiful and substantial and something that I'd be excited to use at both work and home, like something that looked cool. I found myself leaning towards the over-ear models. And so, no joke, imagine my surprise when I got an email from Studio and they asked if I wanted to partner with them and try out a pair of their headphones. I mean, I can't, I couldn't make this up. This was so awesome. I said yes, and you guys, I've been totally digging these headphones. I picked out the Regent uh, by Studio, and they are beautifully designed, and they are very simply the best sounding headphones I've ever used. I'm, I'm blown away. I'm using the Regent White model. If you guys are looking for a really pretty upgrade to basically, I would guess, any headphone you are using right now, I really can't recommend Studio of Sweden highly enough. As a bonus for being a listener, you guys, I'm so excited about this. They are offering a 15% off code for you guys to order anything off their site. So if you go to studiosweden.com, S-U-D-I-O, sweden.com, 
You just use the code JUMPSTART, which is one word, um, all caps, JUMPSTART. You guys will get 15% off any of the headphones on their site. I'll also link that up in the show notes. So excited. Go check them out. And now back to our episode. The next thing to look at is looking at bucket lists, is balancing what is aspirational and inspirational to you against sheer overwhelm or trying to do all the things. To explain my next concern about bucket lists, I'm going to jump over to something I've noticed about Pinterest, which in many ways is a great way to start collecting lists of all the things you want to do and eat and make and experience, etc., I don't know if you guys have had the same experience with Pinterest. You log in and it's so much fun looking at all the pins. Like I love spending time there. There are great home ideas. I love time-saving tips. There's recipes with gorgeous images. And after a while, I don't know about you, but I end up pinning a million things and I've lost hours. I mean, and I do mean hours of time. I found more than once that somewhere in those hours of mindless pinning, the things I was pinning stopped being anything I was really interested in, but instead I'd somehow like just kind of gotten obsessed with categorizing things. It was like my project manager slash planner brain wanted to put everything in its right place, but my filter for what I actually liked or wanted was anything that I was really interested in had totally fallen away. I'd stop thinking about my interest in the items I was seeing, and I had just gone into a rea- like a reactionary mode. At one of those nights in particular, I realized I'd been pinning a ton of stuff, but wondered what in the world I've been doing with my time. And so I've, to- I've told this story to quite a few people, and it usually gets some laughs or nods from whoever I'm sharing it with. Like, other people have been there, too. Like, in some ways, Pinterest becomes this overwhelming effort to pin all the things. And after it's over, we all kind of wonder what we were doing, where the time went. So what's this got to do with bucket lists, right? Well, given the fact that there are websites, like I keep talking about, with the 10,000 ideas to add to your bucket list, I'm guessing that there is a similar phenomenon happening around bucket lists as there is with Pinterest. Instead of the list be- being something that someone is has been dreaming about for years or years, or it's an idea that's been resting on their heart, and then they start to capture all of these things on a list that they don't, so they don't lose them. I think people are likely shopping for things to add. And my guess is that like Pinterest, these big jumbo lists um, at some point are inspiring at some level, but they also introduce a ton of overwhelm and a ton of things that get added to the bucket lists. And it's only out of fear of missing out or FOMO or just simple curiosity or novelty even. But like, they are not a genuine wish to do these things as a heart-centered wish before you die. So here's my point. It kind of goes back to the last thing I was saying is that for the bucket list to be really meaningful, you need to make sure that the ideas that are on there are put on from your heart. It's not the point to pack a ton of things on a list and that never get done. The point is to build a list of things that inspire, delight, and and fascinate you. So instead of going to that 10,000 things to add to your bucket list, here's another idea to try. So a while ago, Andrea Scher, who you know I love and I'm fascinated by, she led a class, and it's still out there, it's called Mondo Biondo. Um, The first activity, as I understand, of this course is that you took like 10 minutes and you wrote down everything that you would consider in your wildest dreams. And it could literally be 
anything you wanted. It was not limited by your current situation or your life or, I mean, it didn't even really necessarily have to be based totally in reality. It's the what if. Like, if you could do the most crazy things, what would they be? So you wrote it all down. And this list is a representation of your authentic, true self and the person that you desire to be. So if you're looking to start a bucket list or maybe you're like, I wish I could put more things on, but I don't know what they would be. Why not start with a Mondo Biondo type brainstorm for yourself? Take the 10 minutes, put the brain dump down, and then start picking from those things that come from internally from you instead of externally from somebody else's ideas. Pick those things that truly resonate with you. The next thing that I think is important to consider when you're looking at a bucket list is integrity. What do you truly want to be known for? And this one's introducing another way of thinking about what you want to add to your list, kind of like the Mondo Biondo idea, and how you want to make sure that you're only adding things that are really meaningful. I'm guessing that if people are out there searching for lots of ideas just to add to their list, that it's very likely that some of the shoulds and comparisons are starting to influence what gets added. So another way to think about this in the line of integrity is getting to the real heart of what you want to to have on your bucket list. And if you're struggling with that, another way of thinking of this is The Last Lecture by Randy Pausch. If you're not familiar with his work, I will link to The Last Lecture in the show notes. The gist of this book and the lecture of the same name is that Randy Pausch was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And he had been working at Carnegie Mellon, uh, which is a university, and he was like one of their favorite, the students' favorite lecturers. At Carnegie Mellon, they have a real series called The Last Lecture, where people get up and they give a, a lecture to students as if it was their last. And, and it kind of puts the framework around something of like, what would get included? What wisdom of your one life is important enough to weave into the last things that you'd want to say in a public way? So once Randy Pausch had been diagnosed, he approached the people who ran that lecture series and asked if he could give what would in fact be his last lecture. And of course, it is it is beautiful and it is meaningful and you need to go watch it if you haven't. And how does that fit in? How does that fit in, you might ask, with the bucket list that we're talking about? One of the things to note about Randy Pausch's last lecture is that he did not list off 10,000 things that he had done with his life. No doubt he had done that many. He didn't list them one by one. He did list some amazing accomplishments, and almost all of them were focused around the dreams he had for his life and his and the family that he lived lived these dreams with. He also reflected heavily around some of the things that he'd wanted to do as a child and had had those dreams fulfilled through hard work in his own life. So how can we apply that kind of thinking? If you think of your list backwards, and this is what this is not meant to be kind of a, a dark thought, but if you think of your list backwards, if you were looking back on a life well lived, does each thing on your list feel like the kind of thing that you would have wanted to spend your time doing? Is this the way that you want to spend your one wild and precious life if you were writing a last lecture? So try this. In the spirit of the movie, The Bucket List, that we talked about at the beginning, sit with the question in your heart and your soul, and what do you want for your life? If you were giving a last lecture, what would you include? If you read 
your own obituary even, what would you want it to say? How do those things that give you inspiration, how can they get added in some way to your bucket list? What would you add if you were thinking about it from looking backwards on your life? What would you add and what might you remove? The last thing that I want to talk about for the bucket lists is something that I think happens around current bucket lists, and that is that the list itself stagnates. It gets created, and then not a lot of it gets brought into action. And it also might be one of those things where maybe you're not really keeping track of it, meaning have you actually written it down? So that'd be another thing that I would recommend is physically writing this down so it's not just a list that's running in your head. So from its earliest usage, the the bucket list was meant to be defined by things that give structure to and meaning to a short life. And, you know, candidly, life is short for each of us, whether that be we're going to be here another 90 years or not as much time, but we don't have a long time on this planet. And so how do we make the most and how do we bring more joy? So what is my suggestion around the bucket list? It's simple. It's make the things on the list, once you've got it culled down to being meaningful to you, make them actionable. And if they are not immediately easy to do, plan them out so that you can find a way to bring the thing into fruition, into being in your life. So my example of wanting to travel to Israel is find the way to do that when it's important to me. So starting about four years ago, I started making a list that I call my 10 in three. The idea is really simple. You take a long list of those things that you want to do with your life or the goals that you have over the next five, 10 years, and you pick out just 10 things, just 10 things that you want to do. You list them out, three to do in this year, three to do in next year, and three to do in the third year. I know that equals nine. (laughs) So the 10th item is what I call a floater. And you can make it something big that stretches across all three years, or it can be something that you put in just one of the years um, if the other, the other three you've selected for that year is a little bit light. The idea is that you are picking three things in each year that are kind of big. They will take some effort. You'll need to plan them out. You will need to lay the groundwork for them to get completed. In my past examples, I've had things like get certified as a life coach, start a podcast, start my business. Those are the kind of scope of things that I've included in my 10 and three items. Here's the cool thing. As you start looking at this, I've created a very pretty worksheet for you guys to work on. To do this, you can get it at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash 10 in three. So the number 10 in three. Or just head over to the show notes at slash episode 117. You'll find them there. Once you've culled down your list of the 10 things you want to do over the next three years, you need to post it somewhere. You want to make sure that each week you are taking a baby step to getting the thing done or the three things done that you've said for this year. You want to keep working on the goal, breaking the big things down into smaller sub-steps and planning it out over the course of a year because that's how long you're giving yourself to do this. And here's the thing that happens when you focus your year into three big goals. You get them done. <laughs> it's so much better than having like this oh, hanging, this huge list hanging over your head. As Greg McCowan talks about in Essentialism, you have to limit your priorities. That's the other part of the magic of limiting this to three. By narrowing it down into just three things, you can focus and you can deliver on those goals. So a link to Essentialism as well. I am just in love with that book. Each time I have done this, 
and followed a 10 and 3, it's, it's been successful for me. And here's the tie into the bucket list or the life list. It's a way to pull three of those things you know you want to do with your life and start working on them now. Instead of those things sitting out there lingering on that list, it gives you the focus and the space to start on bringing those dreams into action right now. And the other amazing thing about narrowing down your list to three things for this year is that you can begin to tailor your to-do list that you're looking at week over week into a baby step that gets you closer to one of those goals. So remember that the steps you're doing don't have to be big to make progress on one of those three goals for the year. A phone call could get you more info on something you're curious about or reading a book could fill a gap in information. And Tiffany Hahn has been talking about this next impactful step idea in her inner circle group, which I think is really cool to add in here just as some flavor. It's a theory put out there by Fibonacci, and he's an Italian mathematician. The mathematical idea is that once you've started putting one thing out there, it will build on itself. And once you've gotten beyond that initial first step, you're starting to build exponentially on both the information you're finding and the momentum you're gathering. So you keep gaining exponentially more knowledge and more momentum to get closer to your goal. So that's take the first step and then another. (laughs) By breaking up your three goals for the year and adding small to-dos for them to your day over each week, you're going to see the growth and development across the year. And the other benefit is that you avoid the overwhelm that possibly comes in when you start looking at big goals. So again, back to podcasting class, if you're going to want to start a podcast, break that thing down into small deliverable steps. So they might be research shows similar to yours to see what you might want to do. Narrow down a topic as a separate thing. Email two hosts to see how they got their start. Separate thing. Research microphone. Separate thing. Order a microphone. And when you look at the steps as small little baby steps across a week, ordering a microphone in a week doesn't seem overwhelming. Whereas starting a podcast might feel like an overwhelming goal. The other thing I want to point out just before we wrap up here on using a 10 and 3 list is that I encourage you, just as I encourage you with your bucket list, to go back and look at these lists regularly and make sure they still resonate with you. It's not a set it and forget it. It's going to be a work in progress. So that gives you a bunch of thoughts and ideas on how to build a really meaningful, approachable, and actionable bucket list that you can deliver on. If you want to download a copy of the 10 and 3 list, you can find that and all the links to the books and topics I mentioned. You can head to the show notes and find those at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash episode 117. And while you're there, be sure to check out the other episodes and blog posts that are all tailored to help you find ways to bring more joy into your life. Next week and this whole month, I am so excited about the other guests that I have coming up. Next week, magician and illusionist Vitaly Beckman is joining me. He was on Penn & Teller's show, uh, TV show, Fool Us, and he was one of the few illusionists who have fooled Penn & Teller. He is so awesome. He was born in Belarus, and he grew up in Israel, and he mixes art and magic and illusion. And I just adore his take on joy and seeing things through children's eyes. I'm also super excited this month. Emily Levy is coming on later. Um, She is a 24-year-old CEO and the co-founder of Mighty Well, a health-focused company that provides clothing, accessories, community, and gifts to people with chronic illness. She and her company are truly changing the 
the dialogue and the narrative of what it means to have chronic illness in your life. It's so inspiring. So I hope you'll come back next week to hear all about joy and magic. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.